<laughs> we were just like, I don't know. There's people are talking. I I'm bored. But then Duncan Idaho shows up. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Everyone yeah. loves Duncan. Sure. Mm. American runs on Duncan. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm retiring. <laughs> you don't ever want to speak to me again. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. And on this show, we're discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And this week, we're back to talk about chapter 13, but we are not ruling by eye and claw alone. Today, we are joined by the host of the podcast Best Acquaintances and Media Evil, the medieval pop culture podcast. I hope I said that right. Ollie Brady. Hey, welcome, how's it Ollie. Going? Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to be here, but I will say one thing. I've been told many times by both of the people that I do podcasts with that I don't host anything. I'm just a featured guest. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for making the distinction. Um, regardless, we're happy to have you here. And as I we just said before we started recording, it's a great week for you to be here, you as, as a man, because this <laughs> is a chapter that made us... Megan and I both full of feminist rage. I'm so angry. Um, we're both really steamed right now, so <laughs> it's a great time for you to be here. But what I don't understand what in this chapter could possibly make you feminist <laughs> rage. <laughs> well, we'll get to that, but before we do, um, we like to ask our guests, like, what is your experience with Dune? How did you come to the series? Like. You know, do you consider yourself to be like a Dune super fan or are you just kind of a casual Dune person? Uh <laughs> I'm a casual Dune. Yes. Um, I, uh, I saw the movie uh, version when I was about mm -hmm. seven. Sure. Um, because I, I can't even remember. My brother, my older brother, John, is a massive nerd. And at the time, Dune was, it was like, just for people like him. It was just for science-y people. It was mm -hmm. just for kids who wanted to read constantly because it was like large and dense and it didn't have magic in it. Like it didn't have real <laughs> magic in it. Uh, so yeah, so he had read it and then the movie came out and he was about, I think he was 17 or so. So he got a copy of it in VHS. It was one of the first VHSs I ever saw. And I sat down <laughs> and I watched it and I didn't understand any of it. Um, <laughs> it was just so weird and... <laughs> out there and I was like it was about five years later I think I was 12 or 12 or 13 and I was in school like secondary school I went to a, I went to an old boys boarding school and I saw it on the shelf in the library one day while I was avoiding getting beaten up and uh, and I said you know what I'm going to be one of those kids too so I took it down and I tried to read it I got about 12 pages in and went oh no I, I don't understand any of this um and I put it down and then I, I, I was too afraid to read it until I was about 17 or 18. And then when I did, it was like, wow, this is much better than I remember. Uh, yeah. I feel good. like everybody has a, a, a couple false starts with this yeah. book before they are actually <laughs> able to dive in. It's, I, it's this, the first three chapters are so dense with, I was going to say back lore, but just lore in general. that. Mm. It's not welcoming to a new reader at all. Yeah. No, it ju it literally just dumps you into this world. It was like, here's this world. Yeah. <laughs> we have space travel. We have witches. We have, <laughs> you know, fat barons. Like, we've got all of this weird stuff. Uh, welcome to Dune. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. so As Megan likes to oh. say, Dune is deeply weird. Deeply. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't call myself a super fan or anything like this. I am a fan of it. I watched the movie again several times since that first time and it's still weird and creepy and freaks me <laughs> out a lot um i i'm one of those few people that i think who isn't like a secret massive fan of kyle mclaughlin i i don't i don't like him in anything i've ever seen him in and, oh no and <laughs> well this has been let's get weird <laughs> <laughs> there's just something there's something about him i right i was talking i was recording another podcast with uh, with darren hustle earlier and jesse eisenberg is another actor that i just i just can't it's just, just something about them that when i'm watching them in movies it's like I, 
this guy's not for me or this TV show this is not for me and there's another one which I'll throw out here like I get a lot of stick from this but I, I'm not a fan of Jared Padalecki from oh, Supernatural okay. and Girls how and, dare you yeah, I, I know I, I get this I understand <laughs> loads of people love him and then for, just for some reason he just wrote and I love Gilmore Girls I mean I'm more of a Dean girl myself so yeah, <laughs> oh, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sam's fine but you know but I'm all Kyle about Ma- Dean Kyle McLaughlin is just one of those actors for me so mm. the movie is still weird for me but I love the miniseries <laughs> yes. oh yeah okay you're in the right place because we have both seen the, we've seen all both the miniseries and talk about them quite a lot so <laughs> you're in one of the few places i feel like on the internet where this really yeah. has a foothold <laughs> oh good and yeah. uh, people sleep on the uh, children of dune the, the, the sequel but it's not great us. too no no it's, yeah. it's better than than dune it is yeah, yeah. yeah. and james mcavoy's in it it's a little kid. yeah oh we know <laughs> <laughs> well, he's another one of those actors that just rubs no i'm only joking no. No. how love, dare you i love mcavoy <laughs> No, I, I mean, I feel like everyone has like an actor like that, that just something mm-hmm. about them. And for me, and I know, Megan, you're going to judge me for this. I'm sorry. I think that she is a really great person. I just cannot stand to watch her in anything. Is Gina Davis. Like, I get oh. that she's one of those people that people love, you know, Thelma and Louise, The Fly, whatever. But I just <laughs> cannot watch her in anything. And she drives me bananas. And I think, like, as a person and, like, the work she does is super important. Yeah. But, like, I'm not, I can't, if, if you know, I sit down and they're like, oh, we're watching Angie. I'm like, oh, well, I'm leaving. So. <laughs> just... Whose party are you at? Where they're like, wow, you know what I really want to watch? Angie. Yeah, that was a, that was a terrible Gina movie. Davis. <laughs> just um, unequivocally who bad Who else movie. is that? James Gandolfini. No, the lady that played his sister on The Sopranos. Oh, well, who's her? Her boyfriend is some, like, I'm your generic blue collar oh, boyfriend i don't remember that but i remember that um steven ray is like the guy she kind of like takes up with for a while yeah but then he dumps her when she has her baby yeah i went through a big weird steven ray phase so i just know too much about this. that's why i've seen angie <laughs> it's like how i've seen all of julian sands filmography okay choices were made i an interview with the vampire i suppose yeah interview <laughs> with the vampire well, he's Princess in every Caribou. he's in every yeah. Jordan movie. Yeah, yeah. But you, you can't if you have a. This is the problem with especially when you have something like Julian Sands filmography. It's hard to have any kind of crush on an actor or actress when they're in things like The Crying Game, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, "Wow, I think you're great." This movie is very depressing. <laughs> yeah. There's a Julian Sands movie called Warlock. Yes, yes, there is. And, yes, and the trailer for that has been burned into my mind because it came out roughly the same time and Megan we've talked about this on Best Acquaintances uh, I'm a massive Wheel of Time fan mm-hmm. and it came out <laughs> roughly at the time that I was reading the second Wheel of Time book and there's a description in the second Wheel of Time book about how the dark one is sealed in his mountain and he's trying to reach out and touch the world and the trailer for Warlock features a ghostly hand coming out of the top of a mountain and starting to affect the world. And as a little kid, I was like, oh, this is like a stealth version of the Wheel of Time. It's not. No. Just in case anyone's listening, it's definitely not. Not That, definitely that not. would be referencing Billy Zane, correct? Uh, oh. How dare you, Megan? Oh, 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 oh. I am also, it, like, listeners Thank know God my husband's not home. He I that bring up downstairs. the Wheel of Time at least once an episode. So. Yes, yes, she does. <laughs> I've noticed. I, I, I approve. <laughs> <laughs> I still have not read it. That's okay. Oh, it's okay. I'll give you a pass. They're all so, in your house. I've seen them on your bookshelf. They are all in my house, but it's <laughs> it's actually partially Bo's fault because she got me super into historical romance novels last December. And so I read mass amounts of those now. And I'm also reading, oh, 800 books where like bugs eat people. Yeah. At any given time. So. I mean, you need romance to balance that out. I honestly, honestly do. Because sometimes yeah. horror novelists try to write sex and you're like, well, okay. Yeah, no. Leave Where'd that the to the go? experts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of reading sex in books. I think 
most because you've been reading fantasy novels yeah or do write it really bad at writing it i feel like most men male writers are pretty not great at writing it but i mean i'm being very general and very vague i'm sure there's some that i would read and be like okay that works for me but for the most part stick to romance if you want to read sex and books that's really the best place to get it do not go to dune Right, no. Don't go oh, to God. Dune. Don't go to Stephen King. Oh, don't no. Go to Neil- <laughs> you know, don't, don't, no. Don't go. Uh, no Dragonlance. Yeah, no. No <laughs> Dragonlance. Okay. I mean, maybe, start. like, I There's no say, sex in Dragonlance. It's all I feel black. like some of the urban fantasy novelists do a pretty decent job. Like, I think Chuck Wendig does okay. Uh, Richard Cadre, his books have been, you know, okay. I mean, they're kind of... They're not, they don't go into a lot of detail, but it's fine. I'd rather you be vague and have like a, a decent scene than have something way too much detail and really uncomfortable. So, you know, not all male novelists are bad at writing sex, just most of them. Yeah, well, I, I would fully back that. But in most cases in, in a novel, um, like even you take something like Game of Thrones, uh, which I'm, I'm not a massive fan of, but... Uh, mm. When I'm reading through uh, a Game of Thrones novel, every time a sex scene shows up, I'm going, this is literally a page and a half that I don't need to read. It's, it doesn't, like, it's a book. If, if you tell me two characters go to bed with each other, I'm fully capable of figuring out what they did without <laughs> needing to yeah. describe yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, like, the whole entire plot of the book doesn't hinge on that one scene whereas in things like romance sometimes it does it does yeah yeah Yeah. how somebody treats somebody in a romance novel in that situation probably makes a huge difference to the rest of the book oh yeah yeah so (laughs) chapter 13 here we go we are going to start this chapter as we start every chapter with an epigram from the princess irulan on that first day, when Muad'Dib rode through the streets of Arakeen with his family, some of the people along the way recalled the legends and the prophecy, and they ventured to shout, Mahdi! But their shout was more a question than a statement, for as yet they could only hope that he was the one foretold as the Lisan al-Gabe, the voice from the outer world. Their attention was focused, too, on the mother, because they had heard she was a Bene Gesserit, and it was obvious to them that she was like the other Lisan al-Gabe. From... Manual of Muad'Dib by the Princess of Ulan. Back to that manual. Yeah. I I like that she just got, she was like, I don't know what to do with these other notes, so I'll just make a manual (laughs) to him. Um, Nothing else to do. Yeah, that's true. It's true. She had a lot of time. Sis could have taken up crochet or something. No. That's, that, that little epigraph though is exactly what I mean when I say that it's so incomprehensible (laughs) that even though I read that earlier and I've read that maybe four or five times in my life most of that doesn't make any sense like I go what (laughs) so it's just it's such a dense book it is dense Mm -hmm. and weird and you know it but it was kind of an interesting way to sort of introduce Leto or like this chapter and how like set up the fact that the natives are already like very interested in Paul and you know set up this whole prophecy thing Mm -hmm. I like they that she uses the legends and the prophecy like just choose one word yeah (laughs) I mean at this point I think you're just you're just padding (laughs) yeah uh so this this chapter is a meeting between the duke and Thufer and yeah so yeah so super is talking as we discussed (laughs) earlier like he's you know he's getting old he's maybe not using the best judgment and i'm like wow reading this chapter i was like wow you just continue to make the wrong choices over and over and over again and you're so convinced that you're right it makes me so angry I don't like it. I don't like Thufir. I, you know, I was always kind of rooting for him because he was so loyal to like the Duke and the Atreides and and to Paul. But like, the more I read this, the more I'm like, fuck this guy. Yeah, he he makes some leaps in this. Like, so 
what you've written in the notes here is that he's able to recover a part of a note and he says based on this Lady Jessica's a traitor where does he get that from yeah well, he, I mean he just wanted her to be I feel like like he's <sighs> never trusted her and it's the most obvious fake note of all time yeah, yeah. it's they find this little bit of note they they find courier a Harkonnen courier it's supposed to go to an agent who is dead they I think they later say like oh yeah we can't ask him anything because he's dead they keep doing that, by the way. They keep having these things where it's like, well, I want to question that person. Eh, we killed him. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. It's so inconvenient that the person Sorry. who might be able to shed some light on this, oh, we accidentally killed him. Whoopsie. And it's see this little note that was supposed to be destroyed. It had a little destruction inspector gadget thing attached to it. And they managed to save it. And it said, Edo, because it got cut off. Mm-hmm. will never suspect and when the blow falls on him from a beloved hand its source alone should be enough to destroy him like that's the most obvious like why would that be the actual note if jessica was the traitor right. that might as well say hey it's jessica yeah yeah but it's also who are you sending that to? like the idea of this this note is it's two people communicating and they're communicating in code yeah sorry who is this like oh, oh, let's get the enigma machine out we need to decipher this <laughs> oh, yeah. it's just so no machines yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was under the baron seal and and Thufers authenticated it so it has to be legitimate it's like come on he, you know what else he's authenticated those chairs <laughs> they make a note to say like the chairs are safe <laughs> they took yeah. the Harkonnen seals off the chairs, so they're safe now. What else he authenticated? Now. Paul's bedroom. Yeah, great bang up job with that, Thufer. Which and... I I have to make a note too, and and just to mention in case you're wondering where Paul is in this chapter, he's asleep on a conference room table because that last <laughs> chapter even bored Paul to death. Guys, it was a long meeting. It right? really was. was. It's the longest meeting. <laughs> That was the longest meeting I've ever sat through. <laughs> He's just like, well, couldn't you ask any? So, and then this starts the most elaborate, ridiculous, just piece of business in this whole book, mm, frankly, mm-hmm. which is that Leto doesn't believe that it's Jessica, but he thinks that if he pretends that he believes that it's Jessica, oh, it's so then it'll it'll smoke out the real traitor because he'll be focused supposedly on Jessica, and the other sure. person might slip up. Except that he's not going to communicate this to anybody else, except uh, this is ahead, but to Paul. He tells Paul. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't tell Thufer. He doesn't tell Gurney. He certainly doesn't tell Drunken Duncan. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't tell anyone. He doesn't tell Jessica. Because he's like, well, and then it's again ahead, but he's just like, well, she's good at pretending, but still, like, we have to make sure it's all. And it's just like, okay, this has gotten so oblique. Mm-hmm. and now well, first of all yeah he makes the point like she's had 16 years to stick mm-hmm. a knife in my eye or poison me or do whatever use some of her bandages or witchcraft ooh, yeah. hand waves uh but <laughs> she hasn't and so it, and thufer's like oh well they just want it to hurt like they they don't want to kill you they want to hurt you and kill you. So of course I mean, I she would. I think it would hurt if she killed him in bed, whether it was like right now or or like five years, years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, but it's the, like, it makes no sense. It's the what, dumbest, obliquest thing. Yeah, it's what two for like the way he brings this across is this would destroy you completely. It would destroy, you. It would crush you or whatever. And he's like, going, eh, but you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. does it matter if two seconds before you passed away, you're like, oh, my wife did it. Like. Why would you care? Yeah, and he, I mean, he does bring up that she wouldn't conspire against her own son, which mm-hmm. is both you would want to believe true, but also like, how much history have you ever read, dude? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are right. you descended from like the Greeks? Like, dig a little of that for a while, right? Uh, I have. Maybe I can like, find some of those like microfilm uh, Shakespeare for you. Yeah, oh. like let me. I'm gonna learn a little bit about Nero and his mom. Like, right, Agrippina <laughs> had some ideas. Everybody uh, should look up Eleanor of Aquitaine. Yeah, yeah. Basically, what she did for seventy years or sixty years. Yes, he has a knife. We all have knives. It's 1183, <laughs> and we're barbarians. Um, 
It's my favorite line in all of movie history. Uh, so yeah, it's just, and Thufur is of course just like, well, I really think it's her. Um, I know she's not supposed to know who her parents are, but what if she does know? What if she's an orphan and her parents were killed by the Atreides? And it's just like, oh my gosh. You're you... so close to the truth there, dude. You're, you are particularly closer than you would imagine. However, yeah. she doesn't care about that. Right. And she doesn't know. When she finds out, she's not super thrilled. Yeah. Uh, and it's still like, but you are grasping at straws because mm -hmm. you don't like Jessica. You don't trust her because she's a Benny Gesserit thufer, and you know. Also, I would like to take a moment here to note that this might be a good conversation for Thufer to back his theory up by pointing out that possibly Duke Leto had a previous concubine who did try <laughs> to kill him. However, he doesn't bring that up because it is not true. <laughs> Like of all conversations, this would be if that character existed outside of these uh, these prequels, uh, it would be an excellent time to bring that up. But mm. it's almost yeah. like that was a total shitty retcon. It but, kind of just seems that way. But if he were to bring it up at this point, um, they wouldn't be able to refer to Jessica as their woman. That's true. Um, we, there might be another woman. <laughs> there'd be another woman. So yeah. Have Wait, to be, like, can you to be, be more specific? Woman A, woman B. Like, uh, I, I don't know how many times they've, if they say it in this thing, but I'd say Jessica might be written three times in a chapter and woman is written 20. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, even the Duke refers to her in his thoughts as my woman. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, this is and, really, I mean, my blood was boiling by the end of this chapter. I, I know. Like, Fuck these men. And the, she has a name. I know. You my could woman. at least call her the Benny Gesserit. Like, at least give her a title or something. She's not just a woman. I mean, she is a woman, but... <laughs> but yeah, she's not just, just a woman. Yeah, right. you just don't have to avoid saying her name. Like, Ugh. you know, she's a Rainy Adler or something. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Don't get me started. <laughs> I, I hear she's coming back in the next movie. I was referring only to the short stories. Thank you. <laughs> um... And then, and then, of all things, they start talking about what their plan will be to deal with this. And they're yeah. like, oh, we should tell Dr. Yue. I, <laughs> I know, this is what we're <laughs> Wow, you just made all the wrong choices over and over again. Good on you, dude. Maybe you should retire. Like, I mean, uh, I get that they don't know what we know. But, oh boy. He should not be above suspicion. No. Is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like, he should not be. I don't care what kind of conditioning or whatever. It seems like the Harkonnens got to him super, super easy. So, I mean, all they had to do is kidnap and kill his wife, but still. <laughs> That's all. Like, That's I all. mean. <laughs> and, you know, and he's just the whole, he's like, well, there's a range of vendettas. Like, I think the Duke knows this. Yeah. And I think. You know, and the Duke even says, well, maybe that, you know, Fufer says, well, maybe that previous attempt on Paul could have been a sham. And it's like, oh, my God. Uh, no. Wait, sorry. How do you sham in Trying that to particular kill way? Right. Yeah. Like, you, if you want to sham kill somebody, you get somebody to make a half-hour attempt to stab them. Right. You don't yeah. put, put in a something deadly which weapon. literally destroy him if he moves. Right. <laughs> so stupid. It's... <laughs> Oh, and but then, it, it, there was an interesting thing here also. And this was the only thing in this chapter that I thought was like kind of cool was there. Uh, the Duke is actually considering raiding the Harkonnen spice reserves on Gaty Prime. Yeah. Which I think is kind of a baller move. <laughs> like yeah, he's willing he's to really... like enlist Fremen to send over there and raid the spice. Like that's which, pretty baller. Why would they want to do that? I love that he's like, hey, I bet some of the Fremen might want to do that. No. Well, maybe if he's like, well, you can keep the spice, they'd be That's like, oh, maybe. okay. Yeah. We can use this I, to keep bribing the Spacing Guild. It's a it's a great idea he has, but it's it's just that it, it's so on the heels of what happened in the last chapter, where mm -hmm. they find out about the Harkonnens doing basically the same thing. So it's yeah. like, oh, well, we're going to, well, we'll go and raid their spice. And I'm thinking, this isn't, you're not too frats at you know college like <laughs> yeah. oh, we're gonna go on a raid on them like let's steal their pig like there has <laughs> to be a better way of, they Wait, sort of pig. are <laughs> <laughs> frats in ireland are different i think 
Um, no, I, I, yeah, it is very much like that. And it's kind of like the same thing over and over again. I mean, I thought it was an interesting plan and at least he's being proactive, but at the same it's a time, it's much just, though. Yeah. It is sort of zero to what but it's we kind of smart Prime? because they can't like, they can't complain or they can't like, you know, go to the emperor and be like, uh, he did this thing because they're not actually supposed to have those yeah. stockpiles. So I mean, it's kind of smart. It's kind of funny. I enjoyed it. It's literally the only bright spot in this chapter for me. (laughs) And he's also really kind of bummed that Pooper's not more excited about the idea. He's like, wow, he must still really be upset because he's not, he's not really into this plan. I thought he'd (sighs) like it. You know, he spends so much time trying to like make Thufer feel better about himself in this chapter. Mm -hmm. And he's like, why? (laughs) (laughs) He did. He, he messed up. He messed up. Your son almost got killed as a result of it. Why are you being so nice to him? Just because Paul wanted you to be nice? Stop listening to the 15-year-old. Seriously, you're the Duke. Act like it. God. Um, So he decides that, you know, the Duke decides he will pretend to believe it in the hopes that it will make the real traitor, who he assumes is a man, because, I mean, there are no other women, uh, careless. And... Thufer's idea is constant surveillance, so we'll bring Duncan back from the desert and just have him watch her all the time. This is a great idea. This is a great fucking idea. This is Duncan's favorite plan ever. (laughs) But see, I He's been training for this all his life. Literally has. My problem with Leto's plan, um apart from the fact that every time I read his name now it reminds me of Jared Leto. Uh, That um, that is unfortunate. Every single time it's like, oh, the jokester. But um, <laughs> so as uh, as I'm reading it, I'm going. So he doesn't believe it's Jessica. The letter clearly indicates it's Jessica. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So he thinks if I pretend that I believe it's Jessica, this will make the other person more likely to make a mistake. But that makes no sense because the other person <laughs> has been planning this. It's not going to suddenly make them slip up because they'll realize that they're getting closer to you know yeah. their end goal they're, you don't suddenly then go oh well I'm getting closer to my end goal now is the time where I start taking risks yeah. like, <laughs> it just makes it does no logical sense to what Leto is saying there's no logical sense to what I, I'm going to call him Hoat is saying it's just like why just no because yeah. I mean I guess maybe they're they're assuming that the, they 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 assume that the per- he assumes the person's plan would be something like well, if I immediately accuse Jessica and I have her executed or something, then I'll be at ease because the threat is gone. But that's not in any way how this house operates. No, no. I mean, they wear shields at all times, hmm. like, and the Harkonnens have... wouldn't stop. Like no, it's yeah. If they if they caught Jess yeah exactly. If they caught Jessica, if she was the traitor and they had her executed or whatever. They would just keep bring someone else, right? <laughs> like <laughs> this isn't how that works. Uh, so the fact it just yeah, it's just Thufer just wants it to be Jessica, so he can be like, I told you. He wants it to be her so bad. Uh, and he's just like, you know, you're the one. Yeah, who investigated her. Yeah, like or yeah, you investigated the woman and where the woman came from and Ugh. all of this stuff, and it's just like. Oh, shut up. When, lest we forget, his father's buyers went and got her. Right. Uh, you know, when you freezing. bought your your mistress. I mean, not really a mistress, but your I woman, mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> she's not just your woman. But she's uh, your woman. Woman. I know my woman. <laughs> the only woman in the entire palace. <laughs> <laughs> the shout out Mapes is just sitting here they're like what the fuck hey hi hello <laughs> yeah and then after all that Thufur's like oh I have this video I want you to watch yeah <laughs> Thufur not the Tiny, time dude, read the room <laughs> and Leto's like uh can it wait yeah. like he doesn't even turn around he's just like can it wait you literally just told me you think the love of my life is trying to kill me. 
I don't want to watch a video about the Fremen religion right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't have put it in a way that made it sound less interesting. Yeah, he Not really just like, makes it sound like, oh, I, I wrote that report. He, he could have said something like, hey, this is about your son mm-hmm. or something. But he's like, oh, hey, you wanted to see that thing about the Fremen religion. Leave, leave <laughs> the part where it's about Paul. Right. But, like, but also, does he does he need to show him a video? Like, if somebody said to me, if let's just say I'm a teacher, so the quiz of the Duke's my principal. If my principal said, Ollie, I want you to go find out about the the local Muslim children who just moved in, and I went and found out as much as I could about the Islam religion, I'm not going to show up and go, here's a video. <laughs> right. I'll sit down and go, well, this is the, the main thing, Declan, and here are your, here are like six points of information about it. I'm not going to, like, watch this. I went and dug this out of the library for you. Like, <laughs> Pay me, please. Yeah, I'm doing good at my job. Also, your wife's trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I made this PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, it's just it's got uh, a picture of Paul and it says like Messiah? Question mark. You're going to love it. The second slide at the uh, Dire Straits Walk of Life starts playing over the background of it because. It's just it's just a perfect song because you you know what you're gonna love it when we get to that section in the book. <laughs> It'll make sense. Don't worry you know, about like, it. This book would be a lot more fun if, if that was a soundtrack. <laughs> That's Do what blooper videos, sports blooper videos, were always set to. Yeah, we had to or watch those on, on rainy days on gym class. Yeah, <laughs> you'd watch a video of sports bloopers. And it was always inevitably set to walk of life. You know what's funny? <laughs> this is weird. I just had this memory recently. I was watching like CNN has these like uh, documentary series about the decades. And I was watching mm-hmm. the one about the 90s. And they were talking about like and like 90s movies and television and thing, like, things like that. And they were talking about the house party movies, you know, Kid and Play. Yeah, Kid and Play, yeah. And I remembered when I was in seventh grade, like, my social studies teacher just, like, he did not give a fuck. Like, every Friday, (laughs) he would roll in the TV and he would play. We would watch House Party 2 every Friday or Little Mermaid. Like, he, we would go back and forth between Little Mermaid and House Party 2. The 90s were wild. Uh, I know the 90s were wild because my fifth grade teacher one day for a Friday movie afternoon let us watch Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, oh what a movie. For 11 year olds. Buns. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, nowadays, she would probably be fired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think we all just were like, awesome. We just saw a PG-13 movie <laughs> in school. I think the only movie I saw in school was Philadelphia. Oh man, oh, that's a serious. That's that's like, a that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, we watched we watched Roots, but you had to have a permission slip for that. Oh, we didn't watch that. No, when I transferred back to private school, things got real different. <laughs> we yeah. were gone was house party, and in was Rush Limbaugh. <gasps> I'm oh. not kidding. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, he would have been great in house party. <laughs> There's a cameo. <laughs> I mean, right. Oh. You kids, cut your hair. Yeah, the, the the 90s are so back, but I think the kids, the kids these days, they don't really, they don't, they aren't making the same poor choices that we all made. They think well, they are, they, but they it's like. It, they're making different poor choices, and that's fine. The but kids you're, in, you're wearing a tiny backpack that doesn't, it, it's not the 90s. Kids right? in Irish schools are all shown the Lord of the Rings trilogy. That's, that's as, fine. As that's part good. of religion class. I'm, well, it I, teaches I'm them, okay with that. It teaches them that, uh. Frodo is Jesus. <laughs> okay. I am not I'm not joking. This is this is this happens in every every I mean Irish I can see the allegory, it. I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's better that you used to show them the lion, the witch in the world and the wardrobe. Oh yeah, that's a way but that at least. Yeah, because Aslan is Jesus in that. Yeah, that's but it's just so As bizarre another to me woman that where like women evil <laughs> yeah women evil i would love i would love to be able to just it's have a seance or something and ask <laughs> tolkien how he feels about that like I, I feel like it would be a very long-winded response and at a point i would probably leave uh, <laughs> it's like when my friend and i when we were in high school had a seance and we tried to contact byron 
Oh, Megan. No uh, way. And we luckily did not, because he'd probably still be talking to me. <laughs> yeah. You would you would have gotten a ghost STD by now if you had managed to. <laughs> I would still be haunted by the ghost of Byron. I'd be like, no, seriously. We burned the crystals. We everything is gone. Please stop. Please go. <laughs> George, no. But I have new stanzas. Oh, yeah, that's, that would be the thing. He'd be like, I've still been writing. Like, oh, God. <laughs> no one cares. Go free Assyria or whatever. Hitting on all my friends. Like, hey, go talk to her. No. Yeah. <laughs> Your friends would be so annoyed because you'd constantly be dropping around. Who and is leaving this guy? stuff, Just leaving stuff in her house that he's attracted to. So yeah. it's like, like basically like uh, the Horcruxes and... Chamber of Secrets. Right. Like whoever's got the book. Oh no, I left Byron's diary in your house again. <laughs> this is actually kind of a funny concept and would make yeah, it no. a good web series, I think. If it had only worked, <laughs> I'd be haunted by George Gordon, Lord Byron to this day. Um, yeah. How would my life be? You'd have to conjure up uh, one of his wives or his sister or whatever. To oh, just, I don't like, need that energy. Off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, conjuring his sister Half would sister. not work. Half-sister. Yeah, that would be the thing. You'd just be constantly getting him in your ear going, half, it's half-sister. Half sister. Only half. You're like, okay. Still. I shall compose another poem. She'll love me then. Oh. <laughs> That's how it works. Oh man! Like, oh, welcome back to Byron Cast. I mean, really, there isn't enough. There aren't enough hours in a day for me to get out all my feelings about Byron. <laughs> That's how everyone felt. That's how Mary when, Shelley felt. Just really random point. Like when you're picturing Byron, as I do quite frequently, uh -huh. yeah. um, is he always dressed in black? Uh, more like jewel tones, like a lot of rich reds and a lot deep, of brocade, deep, like a robe, yeah, lots like a of brocade. Yeah, yeah see, I he's don't... never got a cravat on. His shirt is always open. Yes, you have a little tiny little tease of chest hair. This is what I have there. in my head as well. It's basically the same thing, except he's always dressed like a vampire. So anyway, do we have any other thoughts uh... on this stupid chapter? Uh, um, there's some thoughts about Arrakis and how it's beautiful, but also deadly. It's so oh, I could, I it's... could, I could learn to love it. What? Just kidding. <laughs> Wait, no, it's terrible, and I hate it. Right, it's I more Leto being like really emo and very like I'm just gonna stand on a balcony and and glower. Like this is, I'm just gonna sit here and brood. <laughs> Such a broody uh, family. And he, he does give about good brood, though. He he's does. A hawk. He's a hawk amongst other birds. Oh. And he touches his emblem. But we do, I just want to reiterate that part of this big plan is just for Duncan to spy on Jessica all the time. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's just gross. Yeah, it is. It, it, and I have to wonder, like, Leto knows, right? Like, he I, knows. I, I don't know how obvious he seems it is. He's pretty observant, though. This is true. Like, it seems like he'd know that, like, one of his main dudes is, like, super into his wife. Yeah, but maybe he doesn't, he doesn't want to admit it, though. I, I think mean, there's an element of that. I think it's one possibly. of these where everyone just kind of ignores it. Oh, yeah. Because he's not being overt about it. And mm -hmm. he's not being, he's not, like, being creepy or weird or anything about mm -hmm. it. Like, this, you know. Uh, but still, of all well, the it choices. Could be, it could be a... Could be a King Arthur Lancelot situation where even though he might suspect it, he thinks that Duncan is so loyal to him mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. he would never betray him for the woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that, that I mean, that this does it not end sucks. that way, but yeah, you know. it just sucks. Yeah. I would love if they tried to like amp that up in the movie and made it very like Excalibur where there's just so many yes. glances. Everyone's just like, <laughs> they're just staring at, well, she doesn't love him. So it wouldn't be the same way, but he's just like staring at her the whole time. And it's like, don't get, don't get, oh boy, he's doing it again. I, like, I, mm. I love Excalibur. Yes. As do I, I, as do we all. And but that's the least covered up affair of all time. Yeah. Well, well, it's, <laughs> it's the, it's very bad in, Excalibur. They also have sex in armor in that movie, yes. which is hilarious. But the one in First Night. All the clanking. Oh, yeah. First Night, where it's, it's just like they, they might make, as well just be having sex in front of. Like, even the bit. 
<laughs> the bit where they get caught, because we, we covered it on Media Evil recently, the bit where they get caught, it's, they're literally in a room which has been set aside for the king to walk into. Like, that's yes. what that room is for. It's <laughs> yeah. his waiting chamber. Like, they go, what? Of, all the, of all the rooms to do it in, <laughs> why do it there? And also, I, it, it was something Sarah pointed out in the thing. Not only did they do it in a room which the king is meant to be walking into various times during the day, they do it in full view of the balcony and out the window. <laughs> Even if the king doesn't walk in, surely somebody in the square is going to look up and go, hmm, looks like Lancelot there. Ooh, Winifred. <laughs> and it's also shiny and clean. Like, yeah. Camelot's made out of like blocks of iron. <laughs> Excalibur has this weird mix of everything is very kind of like dark and dirty, but then mm-hmm. people are wearing like silver lame. Yeah. Yeah. And Helen Mirren is just wearing various like layers of veils. I mean, Excalibur is such a wild movie. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's John Borman. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, true. Just speaks for itself. And if it doesn't, Liam go Neeson. look it up. Young everybody. Yeah, back yeah. against Gabriel Byrne. Mm. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, none of those people are into. <laughs> right. Gabriel Byrne should. I mean, as I said, Paul McGann definitely needs to be in Dune. But yeah, Gabriel Byrne, he could, he could be in that. I just really like We're to keep running out. We're just like dark haired men all around me all the time, <laughs> which is funny because I'm married to the yes, most to say. ginger man alive. Yeah, I we can't keep shoehorning in all of our faves. It's already why got not eight hundred. It's got eight hundred people in the cast as is, but we still don't have a fade. We still don't have a fade. I wonder if they're just saving that for like the last minute. But that's like, not a last minute reveal character. Like that right. would be very, it's not supposed to be a big haha. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, he's in it from the Maybe beginning. Maybe they wrote him out. Oh God. Mm-hmm. They can't write him out though. No, that wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. Uh, uh, are they going to like they try to combine do, him with, oh, I don't know. They can't combine him with the Just big... cast Jason Statham in it. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Statham. He's a little old. old. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just perfect that's... like. Him against Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah might not just, work. Actually, I would love that. <laughs> like, Timothy um, Chalamet's company going, I'm the chosen one. <laughs> I'm just um, Stiam. <laughs> but they cast the beast, so I mean, like, why can't they can't not have a fade? Yeah. Come on, Dennis. <laughs> As my tweets all say now. <laughs> my phone my phone auto corrects if i write come on it fills in dennis yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that's it, there's been no other casting news and they're already filming because i mean josh yeah. brolin was filming mm-hmm. so i can't i i can't imagine they're trying to keep things secret because let's be honest this isn't like casting star wars no one cares yeah on a, on, a, on that level we care <laughs> dune fans care but on the outside level no one is it's not the same thing it's not right. you know how do you guys see that movie doing i think it'll do i think it'll do pretty well because mm-hmm. everyone involved is you know really well known um i do think that it's going to suffer from people assuming it is exactly like star wars mm-hmm. or some kind of ripoff um just because I mean, it's the other way around, but, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars, the movie came out first, as it were, yeah. in terms of movies. Um, and it's the same thing. We've talked about this before, but it's the same thing that happened with the movie uh, John Carter of Mars. Yeah. Which I love. Yes. Yeah, so my husband like loves as well, where, you know, people were just like, oh, this is kind of like Star Wars. And it's like, nope, no, it's not. Actually. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Uh, but I don't know. I mean, bigger things have fallen. Yeah, and but it's a good. I mean, the director is good. I think that mm-hmm. he will make an interesting movie at, at the very least. Like yeah. Dune is a hard book to adapt. Yeah, I feel like it's like the story itself is really tough, but he's got you know he's got a good like support there. Like he's got good writers. He's a very competent director. I'm a big fan. So mm-hmm. I mean, it could go really well. I'm just you know we'll see. Yeah, I'm worried that uh, this is going to be the end of him as a director. Well, actually, because he's... 2049 was 
a financial flop and I see this as being a financial flop. I just can't see it making anywhere near the sort of money it would need to make to justify what they've spent on it. Yeah. I mean, he's already like has listed in his IMDb there in pre-production for um, they're adapting Stacy Stacy Schiff's Cleopatra. Um, And he's going to be directing that as well. So this is something that's kind of been in production hell for a long time. And Angelina Jolie was going to direct it for a long time, but that kind of went away. Um, The book is wonderful. So I, I, have high hopes but yeah. he he picks odd projects i'll say that he and does, i wouldn't yeah. say that any of his movies were like huge financial successes i mean i don't think like Mm-mm. enemy or or prisoners <laughs> or anything like that like did <laughs> arrival might have been like his biggest yeah. and sicario like those two might have been like his biggest but i don't even know i mean i don't know how much money arrival made i just know that yeah. it, you know it was very critically acclaimed mm-hmm. and... see, that's, see that's what i'm getting at the, the type of movie that that he makes i can't ever see him being able to make a movie on the cheap again yeah because mm-hmm. his ideas are so big and mm-hmm. just it sounds like i'm down on him or like i love dennis videos movies um but i think that 2049 was so underperforming mm. and i can't see like i genuinely think that the the production company think that dune is going to be a 400 dollar or 400 million dollar 500 million dollar movie worldwide and it, it's not going to do that I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, I think he was smart in some of his casting choices because yeah. I think like actors like Jason Momoa and Timothy Chalamet will like will and Oscar Isaac especially will have people coming to the movie just to see them. I mean, maybe not Oscar so much since he's been in so many shitty movies this year. Oh boy, Oscar! <laughs> oh, Oscar, what you doing, dude? I know you just had a kid, so you. <laughs> but That's I it, think yeah. you're probably paying, paying the bills. You're, you're doing his, his fine. His wife, his wife directs like indie shorts, oh, okay. and you know, I think maybe a, he like a Crispin Glover. Little... He does it to pay yeah, for some funding there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't want to say that against you know. I'm sure she. I've never seen any of her work. Cause... Yeah, I'm sure it's great, but uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, life itself. Have you have a lot to explain for yourself there, dude. Oh, life itself. I feel like maybe he. They each only saw one part of the script. <laughs> that <laughs> wouldn't. Have, that wouldn't really like that excuse make a his lot part at all. Yeah, but I feel like maybe he didn't know about all the rest of it, like the Antonio Banderas stuff, or yeah, any and... of the stuff with the girl from Bates Motel, or any of that so i don't know i mean it'll be interesting to see and maybe we'll have you come back on the show uh after the movie comes out and we can talk about it more then yeah i'd love to yeah i i, I think it will be brilliant yeah I think it, the, i'm gonna sit down national and i'll have a massive smile on my face for the entire runtime of the movie like i did mm-hmm. in in blade runner 2049 yeah and yeah. i still think it's just going it'll make 160 million and everybody who sees it is going to say, this is a five-star movie. Everyone needs to watch it. Yeah. And nobody's going to go. And it'll pr- knowing them as well, they'll probably put it up against Black Panther th- or two. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to get the crowd who don't want to go to what's guaranteed to be a billion-dollar movie. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, why can't you guys release these big, you know, these big tent movies and, like, january when there's yeah. like nothing out that i want to see <laughs> it's just so yeah, annoying i don't and it, but it's coming out in november mm. so it's gonna be one of those it's like pre-christmas yeah that's gonna be oh, it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be. tough competition but i i is don't that know when the is that when the new bond is coming out because they're always in november mm-hmm. they're always the new bond christmas. as in this year uh yeah bond is it coming, is coming out 2020 it's it's coming out. Bond's not going to be this year, I think. Uh, yeah. Dune is coming out next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Bond is coming out next year. Yeah. And Wonder Woman two is coming out that time. Jeez, I feel like they've been making that for about six years. Yeah, because I think they they had some issues mm-hmm. because she got pregnant, oh. as they would describe that as an issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, how dare you? Yeah. I mean, they had to shoot around. They shot around Scarlett Johansson being pregnant. They just had to do all that. They, body they shot stuff. around. They shot around Gal Gadot being pregnant in the first but, movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think maybe it was maybe a little bit further along or something. But I, I just remember I... hearing that they had to do reshoots on it and stuff like that. 
It's... I mean, and more power to that because when I was pregnant, I just laid around a lot and watched Shameless. So. <laughs> Wait, British Shameless or the American version? American. Oh, so basic. <laughs> but then I, I could only watch like... Well, we are American. <laughs> yeah, a few weeks of it because that is not a show that's made to binge. Because, you, you know, watch... I'd come home from work and I'd watch like three episodes. And then after about a week of that, I was like, I am going to watch something else now. If you if you watch the first season of the British one. Well, I have seen that. Oh, right. Well, yeah. You get you get treated to peak McAvoy. Yeah, I was say McAvoy. Mm. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, it's like I recently. I'm sorry. Peak evening... McAvoy is covered in sand trout. <laughs> with his sister played by an actress from footballers wives uh literally the only thing i've ever seen her in uh but yeah i recently all in an evening watched the entire for, i mean it was only six episodes but the entire first season of fleabag and that's a heavy evening yeah i just said yeah. it was a great evening but also <laughs> kind of a whoo, evening yeah and then just i went to you try alone to start with your feelings it really was yeah. <laughs> i get i get burned out on stuff like that too quick i mean I, the amount of times people told me you have to watch oh you're so Walter White you have to watch Breaking Bad and I got halfway through the second season it's like I'm out I'm, in what happened here in what way were they because uh, you yeah. teach I, school because I'm I'm a school teacher uh, I am I at the time I had a, a goatee because I was a douche and uh, <laughs> I, I teach chemistry and I'm, I'm grumpy apparently <laughs> you're so like Walter White and then I, when I'm watching I'm sitting there going so before he becomes Heisenberg He's a wet dish rag. Yeah. And after it becomes Heisenberg, he's a, he's monster. a scumbag. He's yeah. A monster. So I'm there going, to, I'm talking to the people who said this to me. I'm going, sorry, which bit? Yeah. I yeah, mean, Breaking is, Bad is the hero's journey in reverse. So oh, it's horrible. It, it's a rough watch. And, and I, I, can't, I just don't understand guys that are like, Walter White's the best. I'm like, really? Yeah. But even Jesse, <laughs> like, this is the, the scene that finally made me quit. There's one where he's in kind of like a crackhead's den and mm. there's a kid and then the dad he, he inadvertently kills the two crackheads yeah and he gets up and leaves the child yeah and i i couldn't i'm sitting there going sorry this is the the character that people are telling me oh but you'll get to love jesse i'm going i can't i'm not i can't love this person <laughs> yeah. just he just left a four-year-old child to starve to death yeah yeah, it's just like being told that you're a lot like you should watch Under the Skin. You're a lot like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> wow, what a compliment! Yeah, I love to take men into the a dark void. I mean, I do love enjoy doing that, but I also don't like don't dogs. we all? I don't let dogs and children drown. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's and I don't take off my skin in the woods. Okay, right. I saw. Under the skin, my son is this like no identical no, age already, to that baby. This is already upsetting me. I was yeah, sitting, yeah, 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 sitting yeah, on yeah. my chair. It happened, and then it cut back to the baby, and you could see the tides in a little bit further. And I started sweating. Yep. I yeah. started like basically scratching my legs, going, "What's going on?" And then they never cut back, so you know what happened. Yeah. and they're going, "Oh my god." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was traumatized for weeks. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that movie is very upsetting on a lot of levels. Yeah, I recently read a book that was about uh, it was it was fiction, but it was about a woman who discovers that her uh, grandmother was part of uh, there was a a woman in the the 1920s, like through the 20s to the 60s, uh, named Georgia Tan, who basically kidnapped children and pretended they were orphans and put them up for adoption. And it's a, a fiction novel about that. And this girl and her her sister, siblings are all are all taken by this woman. And so there's just numerous scenes of her siblings like being basically taken away from her. And they're all adorable, curly haired mm. little moppets. Like one of your which, daughter. Like, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, about the third time they just kept mentioning like, oh, they're big blue eyes and they're curly hair. I went, uh, oh, yeah. God. See, this is another reason I don't have children. <laughs> Because <laughs> I just don't want to deal with with children in pop culture and my feelings about uh, them. Yeah, it's just there's something about that that sort of that sort of movie, that sort of scene that just mm-hmm. just gets you. I remember watching a, a made for TV movie. It might even have been like we used to call them Odyssey movies over here because they were mm-hmm. made by a company called Odyssey, but it was called I Know My Name Is Stephen. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, about that a kid. Too kid who got snatched when he was like six 
mm-hmm. and the man raises him as like for the next 10 years or whatever but is abusing him and like the only thing he remembers from his past is his name was Stephen and that's what he tells the counsellor and it's the first time anyone actually pays any attention to him in school like they all just go mm-hmm. he's a troubled kid and then the, the molester would take him to a different town as soon as anything went down and I remember watching that and my dad was there and my brothers were there and it's the only time I think any of us cried in front of each other because no. it's just it's mm-hmm. almost impossible not to like yeah that's just the kind it's just the kind of thing that just hits you right in the fields yeah also like, that's a true story yeah that's the problem oh, yeah like, I didn't know maybe that part wasn't like in Ireland maybe they didn't that was, yeah well yeah, I'll just see that's the, the company would ah. they, were, they were famous for their true stories or their mm. true movies like, it's just so tough to watch that kind of thing and know that, you know, but by the grace of God, like that could have been us walking down the street. Although, uh, I think I've, I might have said this before on, on my own podcast, we were always told, don't go out walking on the road, the Jehovah's Witnesses will steal you. <laughs> True story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of Prince, uh, <laughs> so to get you. bring it back around. <laughs> So, um, I guess we should probably wrap it up. We've been going for a while. Oh, yeah. And I think we've <laughs> probably have covered everything there is to cover about this dumb chapter. This is not my favorite chapter. I'm no. just going to say that up front. I did not I'm enjoy say it. That the next chapter is like a page and a half long. So. Yeah. So, that should be fun. <laughs> Look forward to more yeah. nonsense. I hope this isn't too bad of an news. edit either. Oh no, it'll be fine. I'm gonna keep a lot of it. <laughs> like I, I enjoy our tangents, and apparently some of our listeners also enjoy our tangents. So <laughs> I I do judge other podcasts by tangents now. Like I was listening to something earlier, and I was like, "This is a pretty lengthy tangent." All right, see, they're doing it. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> no worries then. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. This show is pretty easy to edit. So. Um, Ollie, would you like to plug your shows? Yeah, uh, so I'm part of two other podcasts. Uh, I do one called Best Acquaintances with my best friend, Emily. Uh, we met over the internet and we talked to other people that we met over the internet. So that's how I happen to know Megan, uh, our, our fabulous host here. And um, yeah, so we basically just talk to people that we've met in Facebook groups and get to know them a little bit better. And it's just a fun podcast. And then second podcast to do is called Media Evil, and my co-host on that is somebody I met through Best Acquaintances, mm. uh, Sarah F. Decker. She's a medieval historian. She's about as well qualified to talk about the medieval period as anybody you're ever going to meet or ever going to hear speaking. I am just somebody who likes to see people getting stabbed. <laughs> so the two of us make a, a perfect combination when it comes to talking about medieval movies because she'll right. tell you what they get right and what they get wrong and I'll say oh there's a great bit where his leg breaks um, <laughs> so yeah so medieval it's a we, we, we talk about TV shows and we're probably going to hit some books maybe when I learn how to read properly um, but yeah so effectively best acquaintances if you want to just hear three people having a nice chat about whatever happens to come up on any given day and Medieval, if you want to learn more about what medieval movies get right and get wrong. Now, one thing I want to say about Medieval is Sarah is much less forgiving. So <laughs> your favorite movie might get thrown under the bus a few times. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm used to it. All my favorite movies are usually trash, though. So. And also, anything Medieval, if you're actually going to see, like, which what is it that... Russian movie, Hard to Be a God. I think that's yeah. like real medieval. And you're just like, oh God, oh boy. <laughs> like, nobody, no one's just having yeah. a fun adventure with magic. Everyone's I enjoy people softening hungry. things up for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, if you do get to books, I can recommend some really good romances that are set in medieval times. <laughs> as long as nobody ever recommends I read another Outlander, I'll be okay. Oh, God, no. Oh, I wonder who could have possibly been doing that in your life. <laughs> uh, Outlander is not romance, so let's just get that out of the way right now. Right, it's, it's historical fiction. Right. Yeah, don't, don't call it romance. The yeah. author does not like for it to be called romance. Mm-hmm. And really, technically, it's not. So, yeah. Uh, you know, if you go by the strictures of what romance is, so... 
Uh, but yeah, if you if you do get around to books, I I know of a couple pretty decent uh, medieval ye olde romances that I will happily <laughs> throw to you guys. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, listeners, we would love to hear from you and your experiences reading Dune. As always, you can reach out to us on Twitter at WeirdingPod or at WeirdingPodcast at gmail.com. We love getting those letters. Uh, don't forget to show us your covers or Lato 2 fan art or yes, send us your fan fiction. We want to read it. <laughs> Hashtag send dunes. We love hearing from you guys. Yes, please. Yeah. So uh, until next week, we have a very short episode. Uh, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs>